Hello friends, and welcome to the Higher Self Podcast. Consider this a rest stop along the winding, often challenging path of being both a human being and a spiritual being. A place to rest your mind and heart and feel not alone in the process of remembering who you came here to be. I'm Karina Devi, and together we'll explore awakening, healing, mindful, embodied living, and so much more. Thank you for being here in your full humanness and your bright inner light. Welcome to Higher Self. So at this point, I've been seeing this doctor for two weeks. I'm going uh, one to two times a week, and I've had two adjustments so far. The first one stayed for a few days and I was just on a roll you guys I felt so clear and productive I was getting shit done I just felt amazing and like suddenly I had this agency over my life and my time that I don't even remember having it's been so long and then I felt the adjustment kind of fall out essentially I felt that now when I laid on my back my head didn't stay straight my head wanted to fall to one side and that some of my old kind of movement and posture patterns were coming back and and I was starting to feel like oh I just I just kind of want to lay in bed for the whole day I don't really want to do anything I started to feel those old protective mechanisms coming back And then I started to get a migraine. Now, thankfully, this one was not that bad. And I was able to get adjusted the same day as I had a bunch of symptoms. And I remember laying there on the bed in the resting room after my adjustment. I'm supposed to lay down for about 15 minutes. Now, the clock in there is broken. So (laughs) I'm going completely off of my own internal sense of time, which is basically non-existent. So I'm in this very timeless experience of resting and very tuned in to what is occurring within myself. And I start to do this exercise that I do sometimes when I'm dealing with physical pain, usually a migraine, which is, okay, I'm going to pinpoint with my awareness exactly where in my body I'm feeling this pain. And so I look and it's in like kind of the most intense part is in my left temple. And so I notice that I'm like, okay, I've identified it. I've placed it. It's kind of moving around a little bit, but it's mostly centered around my left temple. And then I bring to mind every thought I have about what might be causing that pain. And so I'm thinking about the emotions I was feeling before the migraine set in. I'm thinking about the ways I was using my body and my stress levels and what I ate and all of these things. And I'm just letting myself bring to the surface everything that I think has gone into this experience of pain. Not migraines in general, but this one. And I just think all those thoughts, just letting them, letting them all come. And when I feel like I have done that, I've let every thought come into my awareness, every idea, then I search for that point of pain again. 
and I notice, is it still here? And if it is, has it moved? Does it feel different? Has it lessened at all? So what I found is that it had moved significantly and it had decreased greatly. So I'm like, okay, we're getting somewhere. And keep in mind, the adjustment is also setting at the same time. So I've done this exercise many, many times during the depths of a migraine with, you know, pain at a level 10 on the pain scale, which like side note, can we create a new pain scale because one to 10 and smiley and frowny faces just do not work. There's so much more that goes into pain. Like, oh gosh. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) I digress. So I search for the feeling again, the pain, and I realize it's moved, it's decreased. And since it's still there, I'm going to go in a little deeper and I'm going to explore that sensation that I'm calling pain, but is much more illuminated than that. It's when we call something pain, putting that label on it suddenly makes us view it in a specific way. Whereas if we view it with more sensation language, our experience of it changes. I tune into, okay, if I didn't know the word pain, if that wasn't in my vocabulary, how would I describe what I'm feeling to someone? The words pressure and pinching come to mind. Like, okay, so what happens if I just dive into that pinching sensation? What happens? Like, well, it, it, it moves a lot. I can't quite define exactly where the pinch is. And I don't feel like I'm really getting anywhere with that. And then I go into the word pressure. Okay, where, where am I feeling this pressure? And as I'm diving in and kind of exploring that sensation and tracking it in my body, I realize that things are starting to move a lot. Things are really changing. And I know that this is a, a combination of the mindfulness I'm using for my sensations and experience and also the adjustment setting. And so I turn my attention away from that pain for a moment and I'm, I have my attention focused in my heart. I'm taking some conscious breaths and I just kind of dive into my imagination and go into this meditative space for a little bit. And then I check in what's maybe five minutes later and I realize that my pain has gone down to about a one as in I can barely feel it. So I'm just like, whoa, okay, things are working. This is cool. (laughs) It just, it felt so promising because I walked into that appointment with this migraine feeling like, oh, my body didn't hold the adjustment and God, what is it gonna take for it to do that? And what if it's months before that happens and I keep having migraines, you know, I had all of these I had a lot of um, high hopes and expectations. So to come to the other side of that experience and that visit with, wow, this is really changing my experience and it's making it at times so that I actually can experience my pain more mindfully like the physical sensation I can experience it less as something that I want to turn away from or distract from but something that I actually have the resilience to go within I can dive into the sensation and swim around and explore what's there 
Okay, so fast forward a little bit after the adjustment. I'm home, I'm feeling great again, I'm in this high, I just have this like mental and energetic clarity that I haven't had in so long. And I'm like, oh yes, it's back, okay, we're back on track. It holds for about a day and then I get a migraine again. And this time it feels like it's triggered by light. And this one is so awful. It's so severe that I can't distract from it as much as I try. I'm incredibly sensitive to light. I'm extremely nauseous. I'm dry heaving all day long. I, I, I'm just plastered to my bed. And I know that we have this appointment coming up. I'm about to go get an adjustment again or, or at least a, an assessment. I was talking to Jacob about it and I was just sitting in his arms on the couch just crying as he held me, sharing everything that I felt, that I felt so defeated, that I felt so, that feeling that bad after feeling that good was just, it was defeating, you know, to have such hope. And, and it wasn't like I had lost hope for this type of care and treatment. It was just that I had a hope that after the first adjustment or two, I would never have a migraine again. So I spend all day in bed and I hardly sleep that night because I'm in so much pain. I can't even keep water down. So I wake up the next day and I'm just totally dehydrated. And we've got to drive the like three hours to the doctor. We've got my son with me. And it was just a lot. It was really a lot. And again, I was going there with high hopes. And I had this idea that the adjustment must have fallen out. Like I must not be holding it. And that's why I have this migraine. Now he checks me. My adjustment had stayed. And yet I was having all these symptoms. And he reminded me, you know, I don't treat symptoms. I treat root causes. It's like, okay, I get that. And why am I having a migraine if, you know, I supposedly my vertebrae are where they're supposed to be and my nervous system is in great shape. And so he tells me about the healing roller coaster. <laughs> and he has a poster of it in his office. And he said, we have observed this in so many people that we made a poster about it. So here's what happens. And there's timelines on it. It's, it's like, you know, there's, you, you feel good for a little while. You feel great. You think you're better. And then you have this three-week period where things are really crazy. You have a resurgence of symptoms. You have old physical and emotional traumas that resurface. So this is part of the healing journey it's just really hard, but it's your body's innate ability to heal at work. So things are moving. And just because you have a resurgence of symptoms doesn't mean that you're moving backwards. It doesn't mean that it's not working. It's actually a sign that it is working. So you have these three-week periods about every three months where you have this resurgence of symptoms. And then after about three of those periods, you get to a point where that doesn't happen as much and then eventually it doesn't happen at all and then the symptoms are basically gone 
So that might be an oversimplification of <laughs> this, this healing roller coaster that he mentioned. Something clicked in me in that moment where I could feel in my being that he's not pulling my leg. He's not lying. He's not just trying to, you know, get money out of me. It felt it resonated fully as true. And having been through many healing experiences in my life, I know that it is not always easy. It is not always just a, a lightning and an ease that comes in. Sometimes it's going back down into the dark and uncovering what's still there for you. I had this moment where I was sitting on my couch in the morning and I was doing this kind of eyes open meditation, looking out at the blue sky and the tall pine trees silhouetted against the morning light, just kind of gently swaying in the wind. And there were a few light wispy clouds in the air. And I'm looking at this scene, yet the visuals within me are growing stronger and stronger. And I draw all my awareness into that inner visual to explore what's there. And I'm on this roller coaster that's going above and below ground. You go down a dip and it goes down underground into this cavern. And then it goes up and you can see all the way to the horizon. And there's this, this glimmer, this glittering on the horizon. And I'm going up and down. And it's, it kind of looks like Thunder Mountain if you've been to Disneyland or Disney World. And every time I go down into one of these caverns, I stick my arms out and I, my hands catch these handfuls of sludge from the dark crevices of this cavern and I think that I just have this black ugly sludge in my hand but then when the roller coaster takes me up high again and I'm up and I can I'm literally on top of the world and I can see the brightness on the horizon as I'm lifted up that sludge falls away and there is this jewel left in my hand this gem that has come from the mud and the struggle and the darkness. It was a perfect metaphor for this healing roller coaster I could feel myself on that when I was down in the dark, in the migraine, in the fertile void, I couldn't see the gem because there wasn't the light to shine on it and it was buried. It needed to be literally lifted up toward the sun, toward the air, into the elements. It needed to be carried up out of the darkness in order for that gem to be witnessed, to be able to behold it and honor it and cherish it. And so as I feel myself in this window of healing in my life, it feels like it just opened up like a month ago and there's been so many incredible experiences happening not just directly related to migraines but to a lot of other things which I'm, I'm going to be sharing in future episodes but I feel like in this window of healing I can look back on my entire life's experience with this debilitating pain it's like looking down a trail of where I've been and along the path, it is 
and along the path, every few steps, there is a gem. Left behind, earned, cultivated through going down into the darkness, being in the sludge and the muck and the discomfort and not stopping, not believing that this was the end of my story, but knowing that there was a brighter horizon that I just couldn't see yet. And now that I'm on this roller coaster, yeah, I'm having some days where I'm going down into the dark sludge again and I can't see anything. I'm just kind of feeling and hoping my senses support me. And then I'm lifted up and I can see the sun on the horizon. I can see the greener pastures that await me, that I am actively moving toward. And you guys, having that experience is so beautiful, having that sight. So I want to share with you something that I wrote when I was getting this vision. Here's what I wrote. I am healing, growing, flowing, thankful for this energy flow that takes me up and down, in and out, up to higher vistas where I can glimpse the delight beyond the horizon and swooping down into the constricted dark again. But this time, I go willingly into the small caves and scrape at what looks like black sledge. I carry it with me to the surface, and my tears wash away the mud, revealing the gemstone left in my palm. Whoosh, we're going up again. The rush tosses the gem into the air where it lands perfectly onto my crown, filling an empty spot that had been waiting for the perfectly integrated jewel. I go curiously and fearlessly into these dark pockets of cave. My openness and courage subtly supported by the mushrooms that still circulate my consciousness. Plant medicine is not the source. It is the magnifier of my true nature, that which innately lives within me. Regular journeys into the dark tend this consciousness fire. We're taught to fear the dark, but the unknown will not bite you. It will only teach you and draw arrows toward the light. So when I mention mushrooms, <laughs> part of this healing window that I'm experiencing is that I accidentally tripped on mushrooms uh, recently. <laughs> was not something I planned on, was not something I meant to do. And there's a really funny story behind it. I'm going to tell you on a future episode with my beloved Jacob. It's just hilarious and beautiful, and I, I can't wait to share the story with you. So here are some other insights that I've had in this healing journey. And some may seem obvious, but I want to share them because I've noticed this pattern in myself where I will feel called to share something, and then I'll read it back and I'll look at what I wrote and I judge it as being not good enough, not profound, like, oh, this isn't going to help anybody. This is so simple. Everybody knows this. And then I just listen to the call to share it anyway. And I get such an amazing response every time. 
of like, oh my God, these are exactly the words I needed to hear. So even if this only helps one person, this is what I feel called to share. Wherever you are is perfect. There is no rush to heal. Healing takes place in the journey. It's the growth we experience, the insights we have, and the meaning we make that empowers us and propels us forward in a new, brighter light than before. Also, you don't have to go digging around to create shadow work for yourself. It finds you when it's time. I think that shadow work is always, it's always worth it. It's always a noble act. And we don't have to go around poking and prodding. Healing is a river. It flows by itself. You don't have to push it. You don't have to try and dam it or create waterfalls or anything. Those features are already in place. You just have to let yourself be carried. We are not in charge of our healing. We can support it and we should but it has a life of its own. Now, not being in charge of your healing, I don't mean that as um, like that you don't have influence. I mean, you have incredible influence, but you're not fully in control. I have been trying to heal these migraines for years of my life, the last 15 years. And it wasn't until the last month that it feels like it's really become available and there's shadow work involved and there's stepping more into my own light involved. There's a lot of stuff that's coming up for me and maybe I could have accelerated that if I had more deliberately gone into shadow work, but honestly, I don't believe that to be true. I feel like the way appeared because I was ready. I was thinking about these gems that I have earned on my crown of initiated goddess who has walked through the fires, who has spent lots of time down in the dark sledge feeling her way around and come up with a full bejeweled crown of learnings, lessons, teachings, and wisdom. And I was like, if I could name each of those jewels as qualities that I've cultivated through the process of committing to staying present through pain, what would they be? And I realized that they are, or at least a few of them, are surrender, courage, willingness, openness, patience, time, and space. And by time and space, I mean an awareness of those two aspects of reality, an honoring of them, that while I can influence them, I don't control them, and that where I place my attention, and that where I place my attention changes my experience of them, along with trusting that things take time and things need space in order to heal. So I see all of these as components of healing. It takes space and time to heal. It takes patience, 
openness, willingness, and courage. And it takes surrender, not fighting what's happening, but surrendering to what is, knowing that the rise, the empowerment will always come. I feel like if I was going to share everything that I've learned through the journey of staying present through pain, I would just write a whole book. And maybe I will. (laughs) Maybe I will write a book about this. But I've really called on my experience and knowledge as a doula, as a birthing woman, as a birth keeper, that the way that we approach an experience, the beliefs we hold around our bodies and pain and sensation and how deeply we can go into our breath and our inner worlds is all paramount. And that's not to say that any of us are lesser or less capable because we don't have experience or a lot of capacity in those regards. I think that so much of the time we, we cultivate those qualities and skills through the experience of when we need them, right? It's like in school, you learn the lesson and then you get the test on the topic. In life, you get the test and that teaches you the lesson. And I also want to add a little caveat here because this came up in a conversation with Jacob and I recently where we were talking about our ideas of karma and reincarnation. And I realized that I, and I didn't really see this before, that a lot of people have a very negative view of karma, that karma is punishment, or that even the idea of learning through what we experience is viewed in this punitive way, like the universe is trying to punish us or something. I don't see it that way at all. So when I'm talking about learning lessons, it's not, it's not, a punishment. I view earth as a school for souls. This is earth school. We come here to learn, to evolve, and to grow. You grow through what you go through. If you can grab a hold to that, I grow through what I go through. I learn from every experience I have, every interaction I have, every person I need to cut out of my life because they're not they're not worth my energy and every person that I call in to my life because they are there's so much learning to be had in all of that and in order to be able to glean the wisdom or the lessons from those experiences we have to have space space to journal or meditate, or walk, we've got to let those experiences integrate. It's kind of like you have an intense experience, and it's like life throws what looked like a clear picture up into the air, and you realize it was actually a puzzle, and now there's a bunch of puzzle pieces in the air, (laughs) and they've all got to land, and this time they're landing in a new place, and maybe some of them are turning direction, and so now the picture looks a little different. 
and you gain new perspective. You gain new awareness. You're like, oh, I thought this was a dinosaur puzzle, but it's actually a beautiful meadow of flowers. Okay, great. (laughs) So we have to go on a walk or meditate or journal or process with our therapist or a friend or, you know, do something that helps us integrate and create space so that those puzzle pieces can fall into place in the right way in the right time. And I say right way and right time, but there's no wrong way. There's only a way in which we try and control it versus letting the awareness rise up within us naturally. I think of experiences when I've been out for a walk and suddenly something that happened in my childhood pops into my head and all of a sudden, even though I haven't gone through any kind of thought process, it I just suddenly have this brand new awareness of it that completely heals my relationship to that experience. Like, oh, wow. The reason my mom yelled so much when I was growing up is because she was totally overwhelmed and anxious. That wasn't about me. And she wasn't angry because she's an angry person. She just didn't have the help she needed. Oh, okay. (laughs) So that awareness just comes. We don't have to rack our brains for what does this mean? What does this mean? Because when we do that, I think oftentimes we can come to a false awareness or we can go, it's basically going into the process of integration with our mind rather than our intuition and heart and mind in unison, right? We're kind of cutting off our lower wisdom centers and we're going in just with our mind, which is um, faulty in its, its limitations, right? Our mind is going to go in and it's going to shine like a flashlight, scanning, scanning. It's looking at everything equally. And then it's like, oh, here's a clue. Oh, this could be it. Oh, this could be it. And then we look at everything and we might have missed the one thing that could have just fallen from the sky like a leaf right into the palm of our hand and be like, oh, this is it. (laughs) And when it happens in such a serendipitous way, we know it has this feeling tone of this was gifted to us. This arrived for us. One of the, I guess you could call it a catch 22 of being human is that we are meaning making machines And the meaning we make often stems from our subconscious beliefs about ourself and about our life. So if I have a subconscious belief that um, bad things happen to me and things are always going wrong, anytime something happens that could appear as something happening to me or something going wrong in my life, I'm going to feel victimized. I'm going to feel like the world is out to get me and oh life sucks and this is just how my life is now personally my view my subconscious belief which i'm very grateful for my family for seeding this in me is good things happen to me everything is always working out perfectly and i grow through what i go through so because those are my beliefs that's the meaning i make out of things now It's a deeper conversation about whether things inherently have meaning or whether it is the light of our own consciousness shining on experiences that 
infuses the meaning and where, you know, it, you can have 10 people have the same unified experience, but the meaning they make out of it is going to be completely different based on their subconscious belief systems. So this is why I don't think that going in with the mind and trying to dissect an experience and determine the meaning makes any sense. Because if we're going in with our like investigator hat on and squinty eyes with our flashlight biting our tongue, like where's the meaning? Hmm, what is, what is this about? We're not going in with openness necessarily. We're not going in with the open heart, grounded feet, soft belly, aligned center that is required in order for that kind of divine, deep, integrated meaning to float down like a red crispy leaf on a beautiful blue autumn day that lands right at our feet and we go, oh. That's it. And it's not that it's this one true meaning and nothing else can be true. It's that it's a level of meaning and it's a means of perception that tunes our experience, tunes our view of our experience up to the highest level, to the most divine, empowering, supportive meaning and experience for our personal growth and evolution. Now, you might know like, oh yeah, I've I've got that thing of I believe that bad things happen to me or that the world is out to get me or something like that. You are in control of changing your subconscious beliefs. It's not easy, but mantras are a beautiful way to do it. You have a subconscious belief and it's like a groove in a record and so every time you put the the needle down on the record it's going to fall into one of those grooves and it's just going to trace it and trace it and trace it until the record runs its course and it's over that's a subconscious belief system now imagine that you turn the record over and there's no grooves on that side you can tell the needle where to go by creating a new belief with a mantra. So let's say you want your mantra or you want to change that belief. You can create the mantra of everything is always working out for me. Good things happen to me. Good things come my way. Everything always happens perfectly. I grow through what I go through, right? It can be all of those. It can be one of them or something else. And you use that mantra repetitively in a way that your subconscious mind can receive. So your subconscious mind loves repetition. It wants the same thing over and over and over again. It gets the same thing over and over again. It gets in there. That's why you can remember the phone number from a carpet store that you saw on a commercial as a kid because you saw it so much that it's just in there. 800-588-2300 Empire today, right? That's in there because of the way that our subconscious minds work. So you can take advantage of this fact. You can use this as an opportunity to create the belief system you want so that you can go through your life in a way 
where you feel more empowered, where you feel more supported. Things that are happening are not happening to you, they're happening for you. So how do we bring repetition into our lives with that belief? We can record ourselves or someone else saying it, listen to it over and over again, have it playing in your sleep. Your subconscious mind is always active, so you don't need to be consciously hearing it. You can write it down on a post-it note or create art out of it and put it up somewhere where you're going to see it every day. Write the same mantra on a post-it note, put it on your bathroom mirror, on the dashboard of your car, on the the top of your computer, like put it somewhere you're going to see it all the time. And after a while, it's going to sort of fade into the background in your conscious awareness, but your subconscious mind is going to read it over and over and over again. Now, you know that you don't need a mantra anymore. You know that it's run its course when it no longer inspires you. You read the post-it note, I grow through what I go through, and you're like, yeah, duh, whatever. And then you rip it off the bathroom mirror and you recycle it. (laughs) Can you recycle post-it notes? I wonder about the sticky part. I recycle them, but I wonder if they actually make it through. Anyway, the state of recycling in the U.S. is a totally different conversation, and I would love to talk to somebody about that. Um, (laughs) Okay, I think I'm done here. I think I have... um, jib-jabbed, rambled for long enough. (laughs) So, (sighs) thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I hope that you gleaned some wisdom from this. I hope that you felt inspired or not alone. I hope that you gained something from this. And if you're still listening, I'm sure you did. So thank you. If you are listening to this podcast on a platform that has space for reviews like Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Let people know what you get out of this. And those reviews are so helpful because they let other people know whether they should listen to this or not. Uh, It makes the difference between, oh, this sounds really interesting. I'm going to listen to an episode of this and try it out. Or, oh, no, I'm just going to scroll past this. Those reviews are so, so helpful. So please leave a review if you feel called to and share this with anyone that came to mind as you were listening. And uh, if you would like to send me an idea for something that I should talk about in the future. If you have any questions, please find me on Instagram and DM me. It's at Karina.Devi. I would love to chat with you and hear what you got out of this. And if you are on a healing journey, whether it is physical, mental, emotional, or otherwise, um, I'd love to hear about your journey and some of what you've learned along the way too, or what you're struggling with. What what doesn't feel like there's any wisdom or anything to be learned from it just it just feels like it sucks right now if you would like some support in finding the silver lining i am a master at doing so and i think i'm good at doing it in a way that isn't frustrating (laughs) you know um we can spend a little time together and honor what's challenging and also look for the light that can be shown upon the darkness. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Have a beautiful day.
thank you for listening and spending this time with me. If this impacted you in some way, please share this episode. Share it on Instagram. Send it to a friend that you thought about while you were listening. Let that impulse move you. And I would love to connect with you on Instagram. My handle is at Karina.Devi. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Have a beautiful day.